to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Amen. What a beautiful beginning to our worship. Thank you. Today, we are continuing our sermon series, Animated where we look at a particular proverb from scripture and a popular animated movie to see what connections there might be, what lessons we might learn. Last week, Reverend Randy Jackson did a fabulous job of walking us through Monsters, Inc. and to think about what it means to have a life fueled by love instead of fear. Today, we're going to look at a proverb from chapter four of that book. I'm not yet going to tell you what movie we're going to look at. You'll have to wait and see there. But we're going to look at Proverbs chapter four, verses 25 through 27. But before we read that, let us go to God in prayer. Holy God, help us to approach your word this morning with open hearts, open to the plan that you have for each one of us. We ask you to help us faithfully seek the path of wisdom to which you call us so that we might experience your peace and your love and your freedom. Amen. Again, this is Proverbs 4, verses 25 through 27. Listen now for the word of our Lord. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Prior to this text, the author of Proverbs has been sharply contrasting two paths. The path of wisdom in verse 1 and the path of evil people in verse 14. And the author continues here where the author is giving sage advice to walk in the path of wisdom. But what is the path of wisdom? Well, certainly it's the path of moral uprightness. But as followers of Jesus, it's more than that. It's the path that God calls each one of us to. Now, none of us travel the exact same path in life, but God does lead each one of us and calls each one of us to live a life that points to God's love and light for all and to bear the good fruit wherever we travel. This week, we are looking at the Pixar movie, Up. Now, I have to tell you, I had not actually seen this, at least all the way through, but it is a good movie, y'all. I was crying within the first 10 minutes. And then I continued to cry the whole rest of the movie. The characters are fabulous. And we're gonna take a look at this story and see how each of the characters approach the unique paths that they are on and discover where they may choose paths of wisdom or where they may not and the outcomes of those decisions. So one of the main characters in the movie is Carl. 
and we meet Carl when he's just a little boy. He's a child who loves exploration and following famous explorers. And like any child, he played pretend, and he played pretend explorer. And one day, he came across a little girl who loved playing explorer too, and her name was Ellie. They become fast friends. And Ellie shows Carl her adventure book. Now, her adventure book was full of clippings from many explorers that she followed and also the places that she wanted to explore, particularly South America. And her dream place to explore was a place called Paradise Falls. The last page that she shows Carl in the book is the page that she's titled stuff I'm going to do. And then behind that was a bunch of blank pages that were there to be filled with, with clippings of all of her explorations and adventures. And at the end of this scene, Carl promises Ellie that he's going to take her to Paradise Falls one day. Carl and Ellie remain close as they grow up, and eventually they fall in love and get married. As many young couples do, they buy a house and fix it up, and of course, start saving for that trip to Paradise Falls. But shortly after they got married, they find out heartbreaking news that they can't have children. And it shows the immense grief that they experienced early on. And then the movie shows them continuing on in life with the various ups and downs. Carl working as a balloon salesman. And they keep putting coins in the jar for that trip to Paradise Falls. But their coins keep getting used for things like flat tires and medical expenses. The savings jar starts to get full just to be emptied again by some of life's hurdles. They grow older and older together. And finally, finally, Carl saves enough and buys tickets to Paradise Falls. But Ellie falls sick. And before they can take the trip, Ellie passes away. We find Carl sitting on the steps of a church after her funeral, heartbroken with the tickets in hand. Y'all, you can see why I was crying. That's just the first 10 minutes. Carl has lost the love of his life. And what's more is he feels guilty that he could not give her what he promised her. Fast forward, Carl is not who he once was, the exploration-loving balloon salesman. He's turned into a grumpy old man. Now, side note, my dad's name is Carl. <laughs> and when I told him this week's sermon was about a grumpy old man named Carl, he said, please don't embarrass me. Don't worry, he's off the hook this week. But back to our Carl in the movie. This Carl, he's stuck in his ways. He keeps every piece of furniture in the same place and tries to preserve his home and his routine just like it was with Ellie because it's filled with their memories of their life together. Carl doesn't take change very well, and that's unfortunate because change is happening all around Carl. Around his house, there are high-rises being built. 
The developer has purchased up all of the other homes that were next to his. His is the only one remaining, and he's refusing to sell. And he isn't afraid to tell the developer what he thinks of him, which isn't, isn't great. One day, a boy named Russell comes and knocks on Carl's door. Russell is a wilderness explorer, and he's in this group, and he needs to earn his last badge, which is assisting the elderly. Russell has decided he is going to assist Carl. Carl does not want assistance. Our grumpy old Carl tries to get Russell to go away. He tries to shut the door, and then Russell knocks again. Finally, Carl realizes he's not going to get rid of Russell. So he sends Russell to find a bird that's not real, that he says that has been bothering him, and it would help him and it would assist him if Russell would just go find that bird. So Russell goes off and Carl thinks, yes, I got rid of him. Shortly after this, Grumpy Carl is involved in an altercation with someone from the developer's crew. You see, a truck has hit his beloved mailbox that he and Ellie painted together. Unfortunately, Carl hits the man with the mailbox, and then some legal action ensues, and Carl is forced to leave his home and move into a retirement community. Carl pretends to go along with this at first, but he's hatched a plan, and instead of selling the house, our former balloon salesman inflates tons of balloons with helium and attaches them to his home with a plan to float his way to South America, landing in Paradise Falls. It's believable up to this point. The balloons go up through the chimney. He's got sails coming out the windows. And soon his house is flying high towards its destination. Let's pause here to reflect. I love when children dream and think about the future. It's so good for them to think about who they are and who they want to be and to take steps to follow their goals and achieve their dreams. And like Carl and Ellie, we know that children experience all sorts of hurdles. We all do as we grow. Some of the hurdles we face are ones that we've created for ourselves. Perhaps we haven't followed the path that God has for us. And we've done things that we're not supposed to do that have caused heartache or pain or injustice. Maybe we've gotten upset like Carl did and acted rashly. Maybe someone that has made choices that have hurt us deeply, whether knowingly or unknowingly. Some of the hurdles we face are completely out of anyone's control. Natural disasters, illnesses, flat tires, fallen trees, busted pipes, you get the picture. Our scripture today doesn't really address the hurdles. It just says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. The writer of Proverbs here is actually giving instructions to children so this wisdom is intended for people from a young age on. And so I want us to make sure we understand the author clearly. It doesn't say that the path will be straight. 
It says to look forward and your gaze be straight. It says keep the path of your feet straight. The path might not be straight, but be aware. Look forward. Watch where your feet are going. Don't get distracted and all your ways will be sure. The text doesn't say that the path will look like what you have planned or that there won't be hurdles, but it says keep looking forward. And I'm reminded of the promises that God made in Isaiah chapter 41 where he says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. And again in Matthew 28, 20 when Jesus says, I am with you always until the very end of age. But moving forward on a path, especially one that we haven't planned, isn't always easy. In fact, it can be terrifying and very scary. And that's where Carl is. Carl has not been able to move forward. He's gripped with the guilt of not fulfilling his promise to Ellie, and therefore he's living in the past. And I get it. Carl didn't ask for Ellie to pass away. Carl didn't ask for a new development to be built around his house. This wasn't part of his plan. But instead of adjusting to the plan and moving forward, Carl clings tighter to the past and what he thought the plan and path should be. I think that there's probably a little bit of Carl in all of us. It's certainly true for me. Carl chooses the path of trying to control everything. I know I do that sometimes. So clinging to his plan, trying to stay in control, Carl begins to fly the house to Paradise Falls. When out of nowhere, there's a knock at the door. He's in the sky, y'all. Who could it possibly be? He opens the door, the wind is rushing in, and there's Rush Russell clinging to the porch. He has an accidental stowaway. You see, Russell was under the porch looking for the bird that Carl had told him to go find when the house started floating, and he was holding on. Now, grumpy Carl actually contemplated whether or not to let Russell in, but he eventually realizes he's got no choice. And so they start traveling to Paradise Falls together. They encounter some rough storms, but eventually their house lands and they kind of wake up from all of this travel and they realize that they are in Paradise Falls. And Russell says, I found the bird. Carl says, no, you didn't. There was no bird. But they did find a bird. They're a big, beautiful, colorful bird who Russell named Kevin. And then they met a dog named Doug. And Doug has a special collar that allows him to communicate with humans. And they're all fast friends, kind of begrudgingly for Carl, but they decide that they are going to protect each other and have each other's backs. Now, it turns out that there's a lot of dogs with these collars in Paradise Falls, and they all belong to this famous explorer, Charles Muntz, who was Carl and Ellie's idol when they were younger. 
Unfortunately, in real life, Muntz is not a nice guy. And he wants to capture the bird, Kevin. Now, when Carl and Russell realize this, they take off and a chase ensues. Muntz and his dogs accept Doug because, much to Carl's dismay, Doug has chosen him as his human, but the other dogs are after them. The dogs have one problem, though. Every time they see a squirrel or hear another dog shout, squirrel, they immediately turn to the squirrel and get distracted, focusing only on the squirrel and not on their surroundings, which can be dangerous. I think we all have a little bit of this squirrel problem that can cause us not to look forward to the path of wisdom. We live in a chaotic world where there's lots of noise and voices vying for our attention. It's easy to lose focus and look at the fastest, loudest, flashiest thing around us. But that can be super problematic. Our first family dog was named Jackson, and he had an actual squirrel issue. One day, he got so focused on a squirrel that he forgot that there was a window separating him from, him from said squirrel. And he went right through it. Now, his injuries were life-threatening. That was years ago, but I will never forget. It was a Wednesday night, and we were sitting on the floor of the vet's office after closing time, and they were still working on him. And we didn't think he was going to make it. And it was a miracle that he did. But because he forgot about his surrounding and got so distracted and focused on the squirrel, it actually became a life-threatening thing for him. We all have things in our lives that can take our attention off the path of wisdom. Things like cell phones and iPads and TV programs, where we're so busy, we're looking down, that we miss the things happening around us. We miss being present with the people who sometimes are in the very same room as us. We miss the beauty of God's creation surrounding us. We miss the opportunity to just sit and be with others. Often, we're too busy, busy capturing a moment that isn't even real because we're not truly participating in it, just to post somewhere. Sometimes these things don't look like bad or evil things. But we must remember that when we're saying yes to something, it means we're saying no to something else. It's important that we take moments to prioritize our time and be intentional about how we spend it. Sometimes we say yes to things that we can say yes to, but it doesn't mean we should. The same goes for the things we say no to. Sometimes we focus too much on where we are not instead of appreciating where we are. If I am being honest with you, far too often I find myself forgetting to be present in the moment and I'm getting caught up in all the life things that come my way without being thoughtful or intentional. And all of a sudden, I'll look up, and I see these two little boys' faces who somehow look so much older 
than they did last time. And I think to myself, I didn't use this precious time I've been given wisely, and now I've lost it. And that brings about major guilt. I don't think the dogs felt guilty here, but Carl sure was carrying guilt around with him. Now, Munts and his dogs do end up capturing Kevin, who, as it turns out, is not a boy bird, but a mama bird, trying to get back to her babies. So Carl resigns himself to his house, and Russell is really mad at Carl for not seeming to care about Kevin. So Russell goes out to try to save Kevin, putting his own life at risk. While Carl's back at the house, he assesses the state of it, and it's a disaster. That house has been through a lot of travels and a lot of storms. But Carl notices Ellie's adventure book sitting there. He picks it up and he flips through it. And when he gets to the stuff I'm going to do page, he flips it expecting to find empty pages because Ellie never got to travel to South America or Paradise Falls. But he finds the remaining pages filled with their many memories. A life full of ups and downs. Most importantly, a life full of love. And on the last page she wrote, thanks for the adventure, now go have a new one. Love, Ellie. In this moment, Ellie has absolved him from his guilt. He felt like he had failed her and he was clinging to that. He couldn't let go. But now she's given Carl freedom and encouragement to move forward. When you're watching the movie, it's almost as if you can see the guilt falling off of him. And he had a new resolve to go save Russell and Kevin, but he's lost several balloons along the way. And for the house to fly, he's got to shed the weight. So he gets rid of all of the contents of the house. All of his prized possessions and treasures that he shared with his life with Ellie. Now the house can float, which allows him to go off and save Russell and Kevin. And he does just that. He seems to have a newfound energy and he hardly needs his cane anymore. He actually uses it to, to fight off months and the dogs. He and Russell return Kevin to her babies and go home with Doug in tow. Russell earned his last wilderness badge for assisting the elderly. And Carl was able to award it to him. And they continued on to have a beautiful friendship. When we look at Carl here in the end, absolved from his guilt, we see him choose a new path. One where he literally throws away everything from his past, not because it didn't mean anything, not because he didn't love Ellie or their life together, but because the things that he was holding onto were literally weighing him down. There would have been no way out no way forward if he kept holding on to those things. When Carl let go of them, he was able to move forward to save his friends 
to love and be loved. He could focus on being present and the things that mattered in the present. He chose the path of wisdom in the end. I'm reminded of this passage in Hebrews, it's chapter 12, right at the beginning of it. And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the sake of joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Friends, this is a hopeful reminder to us that through Jesus, our sin and shame is absolved. In following Jesus, we find paths of wisdom and freedom. We can lay our burdens down at the feet of Jesus so that we can truly be about running the race that God has set before us. It might be a race that includes a path full of hurdles, but we can persevere and run with confidence, keeping our eyes forward, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, the one who promises to guide us and run with us always until the very end of age every step of the way. Let's pray. Holy God, we pray that you would continue to be our guide, showing us the path of wisdom today and in the days to come, and that we would be faithful and follow your lead, knowing that you are indeed with each one of us. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.